Hi, and welcome to episode 15 of Tennis Volley Talk by Brian Danielson. Well, again, today I was supposed to have an in-house guest, uh, but that was a no-show uh, again today. So today what I'm going to be doing is actually uh, talking about uh, a phone over an interview that I gave uh, to uh, Patrick Kearns that used to own a tennis shop in uh, Charlottesville, uh, Virginia. Uh, very similar to a little different story, but similar to what Cliff Price, my friend in Tulsa, Oklahoma, that owned a tennis shop at one time. Uh, but I will be playing the interview for you so you can hear it. And then I will be pausing it and then interjecting my thoughts of what he was saying. Uh, and, you know, we'll take it from there. But uh, anyway, uh, here's the interview, and uh, I hope you like it. Uh, maybe a little longer uh, with the racket of the day today and some uh, tidbits of some facts that uh, you're going to hear about, uh, uh, you know, what he did and where he's at in Virginia. So uh, I hope you enjoy, and here we go. Now, with that Farmington uh, Farmington Country Club, uh, is uh, in Charlottesville, Virginia. Uh, industry.
Um, yeah, Farmington uh, Country Club, uh, Charlottesville, Virginia. Uh, east wing of the clubhouse itself was constructed in 1802 near the University of Minnesota, uh, Virginia. Uh, in addition to the pre-1780 structure was designed by Thomas Jefferson over uh, our third president from 1801 to 1809. Um, so that's kind of the little back, a little bit of the background uh, with that. Uh, Virginia actually uh, started in the 1500s, visited by Spanish explorers and occupied by several different tribes. Uh, late uh, in 16th uh, century, uh, Sir Walter Raleigh and Queen Elizabeth first named the area Virginia in honor of uh, the Virgin Queen. So that's kind of a little background of where he kind of grew up uh, with this too. So uh, back to the interview. So with that, him stringing as much as he does and as fast as he does, uh, it in plus being the same kind of a racket frame that he's uh, framing, the Yonex rackets, um, it kind of makes sense that he would get that down to uh, being able to string it so quick uh, that way. But however, uh, you know, the University of, uh, University of Virginia has 13 lighted tennis courts and uh, pickleball. Uh, courts, uh, you know, and uh, at the called the Snyder Tennis Center. Uh, it 
it is a uh, USTA awarded uh, winning hard court uh, tennis facility uh, open daily from uh, dawn until 11.30 p.m. at night. I started playing tennis between my second and third grade, so I was like, you know, seven, eight years. 
years old, and I was fortunate that um, you know we had community people who you know talked like the high school coaches and all that during the summers. And you know I started playing, and one of my best friends that I grew up with also started playing, and we played against each other a thousand times growing up. And um, you know playing high school together, and um, you know my I I was really Basketball was my first sport that I really loved. Um, tennis was great because it was something I could do during the summer. Oh, sure. But you know, being in Michigan, you know, that, that season was basically you know, three months long, and that was about it. With that, too, that's kind of similarity with what I did because I grew up with a buddy of mine at our tennis courts, the local high school tennis courts, uh, and, you know, kind of grew my game through that, too, with being able to play practically every day, all day during the summer with uh, all the tennis guys at the tennis court, and very much like he did, too, uh, with that in, in getting into tennis when he did. Okay. Um, who also lives in Minneapolis or that 
been myself, you know, with keeping it up over the years. Uh, for I've been I've been playing myself for over fifty years tennis myself. So that that has really actually kind of kept me going with and me keeping in shape myself. So you know, it has helped over the years too. And uh, with that, but uh, yeah, it's just so amazing that that you know how different aspects of you know how people and how you get into tennis and playing very similar to me i just didn't have i i, I play good but i'm just not i i don't have the, per, the all the skills of just having the perfect hand-eye coordination like a lot of people do but i still hold my own usually with when i go out and hit and it's still fun to get out there and, and hit and I still play singles sometimes with a buddy of mine, and uh, which is oh, fun, yeah. you know, and, and still get out there and try to get out, and, and that's what keeps you young at heart, uh, in, a, in a sense, with this game of tennis uh, with with people and, and everything. But uh, yeah, it, it just is it is amazing that that people have that that realm, and then plus whenever. I, you know, would talk to Cliff with owning the tennis shop in Tulsa, uh, Totally Tennis is what it was named, and what a wonderful interview with him and, and talking about uh, tournaments that he was in and being able to see tennis pros, uh, Jim, he strung Jimmy Connors rackets, the, T, the T2000s at one time, he brought, brought his young son along with him to drop him off, and Jimmy had talked to his son, and and, you know, through the Bank of Oklahoma tennis tournament that was held for like 10 years, which I have pictures of all, all of 10 years throughout the 10 years uh, uh, that I took. And uh, that it was just, and then it gradually went into like an eight-man tournament, and then they kind of filtered and quit it and stuff like that. But it's still, to be able to have it there in Tulsa and, and being able to get guys that you never would have thought that Tulsa would get. <laughs> So, and, and to be able to see pros like that, too. So, always been a, a fun journey for me to be able to see them and take pictures of them, too. Right. So, yourself, you've probably come across a few, few pros yourself then, too, in stringing. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, I'm, you know, most of this, so, I string for a pro tournament, uh, like a challenger level. So, like, I've so like strung for, you know, Tiafo. Uh, Tommy Paul, Pelgo. Um, on the women's side, I've strung for Pagula. Um, I've strung for you know, a lot of a lot of different players. Oh my uh, gosh! Now with that, that is so cool that he's been able to string for a lot of those uh, pro tennis players, and a, a couple of those that he mentioned actually were the ones that were in that tournament whenever we were just getting out of COVID and starting to get back out onto the tennis court. And uh, uh, Opelka and Tommy Paul, uh, those were two of the names that were in that uh, little four-man tennis tournament in Florida uh, at the time we were getting out and uh, starting to play tennis again out of the pandemic.
just seems like a very nice person altogether. So, 
stuck either one. So it kind of works. <laughs> So, but no, I uh, just so interesting in, in, in having your insight and in, in what you've been through in your tennis career. Uh, you know, I, I, I so appreciate uh, the, the knowledge that you've given me with what you've done too. And, uh, but uh, I, I, I appreciate it, uh, uh, Patrick. And, uh, but thank you again for uh, being with me on Tennis Volley Talk and keep watching. And, uh, like I said, I don't mind if you throw the name out to some of those pros and have a listen yeah, to me. Definitely. <laughs> oh, I hope so. That that would be yeah. good, and we'll we'll keep in touch and uh, and uh, keep on stringing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, we pretty much finished my my last day of stringing tournament, which will be. I mean, I hope. So thus concluded the uh, interview, uh, you know, with uh, Patrick uh, Carnes. Uh, very good, uh, very insightful in what he does now and how he grew up playing tennis, uh, being a stringer for the pros, some of the pros that he's strung rackets for, uh, and what he does with the University of Virginia. Uh, now that that uh, university, it's not shy of uh, its tennis courts. Uh, you know, with, with that, uh, and uh, you know, it it has its eleven hard true courts, uh, fifteen indoor tennis courts, clay, uh, eleven hard true courts, and then uh, four hydro courts, which are clay courts, but they're specifically uh, watered uh, in a timed watering system that keeps them from corroding and allows you to maintain them a better, don't have to brush them off as much. So th that's a really uh, interesting way of uh, keeping the, the clay courts uh, um, more or less um, keeping moisture on them at, at precise times so they don't get dried out uh, as, as much as what they, what they usually do. So it does, does kind of make it that way. And then it has three indoor courts with cushioned uh, surface uh, from uh, the winter and then the rainy days that are out there. So not without having enough tennis courts at the country club uh, that he, uh, you know, managed and, and worked at too. 
Uh, now, also today, what I'm going to be doing here uh, is showing you then uh, racket of the day. This is a Frank Kovacs racket called the Cortland racket uh, made by Wright Didson uh, Company, which I've mentioned before. Uh, now, the, the Cortland is also uh, the championship racket, and it has the white lettering, lettering Cortland on it. Uh, but the tournament, uh, Frank Kovac, uh, is, uh, has the red letter on it. So it's just kind of a distinction between the two rackets uh, with this. But it's probably, this racket is uh, probably, oh, like 1950s, 60s uh, with this. And, uh, you know, uh, that's kind of what, uh, what he sponsored with that. Wright Didson and being a, a court called the Cortland racket. Uh, and very still nice, very, very good shape conditioned racket. Uh, also, uh, even up in the 50s, they were still doing the knots or the smooth to see who was going to serve the racket, serve with the racket. But Frank uh, Kovacs is actually, he was a tall tennis player. Uh, he, uh, from December 4th, 1919 to February of 1990. Uh, and then he was a 6'4", number one uh, in the World uh, Professional uh, Asso uh, Tennis Association, uh, and then also number one with the Pro Tennis Association, too, uh, back in the day, uh, in uh, respectively 1945 uh, with, the, with the Pro Tennis and then the, uh, well, with the World Pro Tennis and then 1951 with the Pro Tennis uh, Association. Now, he was an amateur and professional tennis player in the, ninth, uh, in the 20th century uh, in the U.S. Uh, he was a U.S. Uh, national indoor champion in 1941. Uh, he won world professional championships in 1945 in San Francisco. He was successful on clay won the professional clay court championship in uh, Chicago, 1946, defeating none other than Bobby Riggs uh, in uh, the final. Uh, and five U.S. professional clay court championships from 1948 to 1953 uh, is uh, uh, also won international for U.S. pro championship in Cleveland in 1951. Uh, also, uh, he uh, also uh, won the U.S. Pro uh, Challenge Tour uh, in 1947 against Bobby Riggs again. Uh, as a pro, he beat Jack Kramer and Bobby Riggs uh, pretty much regular. Uh, Jack Kramer said that he did not really have that good of success. Uh, against uh, Frank Kovacs. He was very precise in what his shots were, kind of wild in thinking and thinking on how to construct points, but he would just go with it and wing it as he went along in a match. Uh, but his best successful shot that Jack Kramer said he had was a very sharp angle backhand cross-court shot that he never really could predict. And he was had a, a low percentage winning point against uh against uh, Frank uh, Kovacs, ended up being such a very good uh, tennis player back in the day. Uh, so that was uh, it with the 
episode today and I hope you enjoyed it and keep watching uh, and subscribing to Tennis Volley Talk. Uh, and also you, you, uh, you podcasters out there, if you still want to take a look at what I'm talking about with the racket of the day, uh, you can always go look at it and subscribe and, and, uh, you know, comment on what you might want to hear me say or anything like that. So it's starting to get pretty nice out here, uh, where I'm at. And I hope that everybody has been getting out and playing tennis and everybody have a very nice week, uh, playing tennis. And uh, thank you and everybody have a have a good day.